Live from the bridge at the Launchpad Studios in Huntington, New York, it's Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Cardboard Memories, Clearview, Long Island, the law firm of Decalator, Cohen, and DePrisco, the Phoenix Tube Company, Pims Incorporated, fueling brand performance for 30 years, Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, and Soho Table Hockey. Here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is the man who was the first overall pick in the 2002 NHL draft of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He would go on to play 15 seasons in the NHL for the Columbus Blue Jackets, New York Rangers, and Boston Bruins. He was selected to play in six NHL All-Star games. He began his NHL career with the Blue Jackets immediately following his draft. In the 2002-2003 season, he was nominated for the Calder Trophy as the NHL's Rookie of the Year. In his second season, he scored 41 goals, which tied him for the winner of the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy as the NHL's leading goal scorer. Internationally, he represented Team Canada, with whom he won one gold medal and two civil medals at the World Championships. And he also has two gold medals from the Winter Olympics in 2010 and 2014. This past week, his number 61 was retired by the Columbus Blue Jackets. He currently serves as Director of Player Development for the Blue Jackets. It is a thrill to welcome number 61, Rick Nash, to Sports Talk New York. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Doing good. You know, I remember when I spoke to you for the New York Rangers first book, and you told me about the pre-draft meeting you had with Doug McLean and how Columbus really wanted you. But Columbus at the time owned the rights to the third overall pick. Can you pick up the story from there and how you ended up being a Columbus Blue Jacket? Yeah, it's a great story. At, uh, you know, the night before the draft, uh, I was meeting with all the different teams and just looking at everyone's lineup, it seemed like uh, it seemed like Columbus would have been the best fit for uh, for me to play. So, uh, looking up and down their lineup, looking at Atlanta had Kovalchuk and Heatley, and uh, you know Columbus had Rostislav Klesla and uh, Pascal Leclerc, and I thought it'd be a perfect position for a forward. So, Doug expressed his um, his want, and uh, I expressed where I thought I was in the perfect situation, and. And he said he was going to try to make something happen. And it's funny because me and Doug both tell the story a little different. But uh, <laughs> I got to give a lot of credit to Doug McLean because he got it done. So you play nine years in Columbus. And you take a look at, at the coaches you played under. And it's some pretty high-profile coaches. Dave King, Doug McLean, current Rangers head coach Gerard Gallant, Ken Hitchcock. Which of your Columbus coaches had the biggest impact on you? Well, yeah, I had some, some really good ones. Dave King and Gerard Gallant. Um, Gerard was a great coach. He, he was a guy that you wanted to go through a wall for. And, uh, you know, he, he, he played the game. He, he played at, uh, with some really talented players in Detroit. So he understood the player's perspective. Um, you know, the person that had probably the most impact on my career in Columbus was Ken Hitchcock. He really taught me the, uh, the 200 foot game and, and how to be, uh, you know, a, a defensive first forward and then create all your offense from the good defense. So July 23rd, 2012, you're at a golf tournament. You get a call from the GM at the time, Scott Housen. What do you recall about that call and your immediate reaction to it? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was strange because I played my whole career in, uh, in, uh, in, in Columbus. And then, you know, just, just knowing that the business side kind of kicked in and then you got to, uh, you know, you get traded and you're off to the next city. But, you know, you you understand fast that it's part of the business. Um, 
you know, you don't take anything personable, but, uh, you know, it was, it was an exciting time for me growing up in Toronto, um, and being around an original six and then getting to go to New York and, and, and play for the Rangers. It was incredible. You know, it, it's so funny because, uh, you, that was during the lockout season. And I, I remember this as if it was yesterday, uh, September 9th and John Tortorella was having a, a charity dog walk uh, on the Upper West Side. You know, hundreds of New York Ranger fans are lined up in Manhattan with their dogs waiting on line for it to begin. And I remember you and Jessica just walking down the street past all these Ranger fans and not one of them batting an eye. And you mentioned how it was so different than Columbus. So what was your time like here in New York being one of the team's stars in one of the biggest markets there is, yet in the same respect in a city as big as New York, you can get lost where people don't even recognize you on the street? Yeah, I loved I loved my time in New York. I mean, getting to to play 41 home games at MSG, um, what what a treat! It was incredible. I get to live in in the best, in my opinion, the best city in the world. Uh, I loved everything about it, and it was it was great. You could fly under the radar. You could take the subway to the game. You know, in New York, everyone's everyone's in a rush, and everyone uh, has their place to go, and they got to get there fast. So. As a professional athlete, you could just kind of wear a suit and fly under the radar. Um, to be honest, I, I, I planned on spending my whole career in Columbus, but I, I'm so grateful that I got traded to New York and, and got to experience um, New York City and, and the Ranger uh, the Ranger fan base. You know, it's interesting because a lot of the players that come here say it, it takes a different type of mentality to be able to succeed in New York. Did you notice something different? Is there more pressure here than anywhere else? For sure. I, I, you know, I played on a few Olympic teams and, and growing up in Toronto, I would, uh, I would think the pressure is even more in, in a city like Toronto or, uh, you know, Montreal, some, somewhere like that. But New York's right up there. I mean, New York, Boston, Chicago, you know, the expectation is Stanley Cup every year. And, and uh, you know, they, they, they've, they've had good teams over the years. But yeah, for sure. There, there's a few markets that are just above everyone else and, and New York definitely being one of them. And, and with that market comes the, the the high profile. So you get to do certain things that some other teams never get the opportunity. You get to play in a stadium series as well as the Winter Classic. What were those outdoor games like for you? And, you know, of the outdoor games, was there any one that stood out in your mind more special than the other and why? Yeah, you know, it, it's tough. The Winter Classic was, was, was great. I mean, they did all the cameras following you before and stuff. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because I spend my whole career in Columbus. I guarantee you, I don't really get those opportunities. And you know, it's uh, it's funny, but playing at Yankee Stadium, I think we did the uh, the Devils the first game and then the Islanders the next. I mean, it was it was incredible. And even though it was just an arena series, there was something about skating in that in that stadium with the white uh, the white fence and you know getting to skate out there with the family uh, the day before. So they they were both great experiences. It was incredible. So you're part of that amazing 2013-14 Ranger team that makes that storybook run to the Stanley Cup Finals. As each round progressed, how did it differ from any other games you've ever played in, including the Olympics? Yeah, the, you know what? The, the, uh, the stakes just got higher. and The series became obviously more important. Um, you know, it, it was just about the momentum. I, I think Marty St. Louis said it best. He goes, you know, it's a game of momentum, whether you're, you're within the series, within the game, within the period, within the shift. It's all about the momentum. And, 
and it, it becomes more important as, as the series go on. So, you know, it, it was it was a great ride, and, and obviously we wish the outcome would have been different, but uh, th- those experiences will uh, and those memories, uh, I'll tell you, will last will last a lifetime. A couple of your teammates from that team are, are making some news this year. Uh, first off, uh, Mark Stahl, you know, coming close up to his 1,000th game. What was he like as a teammate, and, and what did he bring to the Rangers each and every night? Yeah, Mark, Mark was a character. Um, he's one of, the, one of the funniest guys I've played with. He's got a real dry sense of humor. Um, great teammate, though. You know, he, he brings it every night on the ice, and i played against him for a lot of years. He's a hard guy to play against. Uh, you know, he, he comes from, obviously, a good, uh, good hockey family. And, um, you know, he, he was one of my favorite guys in New York, for sure. Another one who was a young player at that time right now, you know, making it a run at the elusive 50 goal mark in Chris Kreider. Um, could you ever envision, you know, from when you played with Chris to how he's evolved that he could be a 50 goal scorer in this league? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'm not really surprised. Um, I played on Chris's line for, uh, for a few years and, you know, he's, he's got uh, a lot of talents and he's, he's strong, he's fast, he's powerful. He's got a great shot. Um, he's got a great sense for, uh, for where the puck's going to be. So I, 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 I hope he gets there, um, but I, I'm not really surprised. I, I knew he was he was that good of a player all along. And, and maybe the backbone of that team, the goalie, Henrik Lundqvist, had his number retired this season just like you did. What was Henrik like a, as a teammate? And when you look back at what he meant to that team, you know, were there any other players that you played with in your career that might have meant as much to a team as Henrik did? Yeah, I mean, he was he was a competitor. You know, he he was uh, he was someone that wanted to win and and, and wanted to win bad. Um, you know, it's it's you know he's, he's he's had some great defensemen over the years, guys like Girardi, Stahl, and Klein. Um, but Hank Hank is a a special goalie. You know, he's he's someone that uh, put uh, put it on the line and wore his emotions uh, on his sleeve every night. So it was uh, it was fun to watch. So that brings us to last week. Your number 61 is retired by the Blue Jackets. Uh, first number in their history to be sent to the, the Raptors at the Nationwide Arena in their 21-year history. Uh, you're obviously considered to be the greatest player to play for the Blue Jackets, leader in goals, assists, points, games played. Um, all this you know, with the expectation that you would become that player because you selected number one overall. What's the the main thought that's going through your head is that number 61 jersey is on its way up to the rafters. What's going through your head at that point? Yeah, I think the, the it's, it's funny because you, you never know until you're in that situation and it's not a situation that, uh, you know, you kind of practice for or anything like that. So the emotions were, uh, were high. And, and for me, it was just reminiscent over my whole career and having my kids uh, standing right in front of me um, and, and thinking about, showing up in Columbus as an 18 year old and trying to find my way in the NHL and then, uh, you know, just continuing on from there. And as it gets to the top, I just thought to myself that, you know, my kids are going to get to bring their kids and their grandkids to nationwide arena and get to see 61 in the rafters forever. And that's when it kind of hits home that you, uh, achieve something special. You know, it's funny in watching a lot of these, uh, retirement ceremonies and, and the various gifts players get, it's always interesting to, to find out which one meant the most. And the ownership 
gave you an invitation to play at the Augusta National Golf uh, site, site of the Masters, and that customized golf cart. How much are you looking forward to that? And, and like, what do those gifts mean, you know, on a night like that? Yeah, I, I, I will say that's my, that's the number one gift I've ever received. Um, I'm obviously a, uh, a, uh, addicted to golf and, uh, you know, not, not just golf, but the history and the architect and, and all these different things. And I've actually have been, been lucky enough to play a lot of, you know, the great courses in the U S and, um, and kind of check the boxes, except, you know, one was just lingering that I never had the opportunity to play. So to be able to get on Augusta is incredible. And then uh, with the golf cart, I think my kids were more excited about it to cruise in that around the neighborhood. But it was uh, it was a special night. And I'm so grateful for the uh, for the gifts. So you're currently the director of the Blue Jackets player development. What does a, a normal work day look for you, look like for you now? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's more so my travels on weekend. On weekends, I'm, I'm going to see our prospects. Uh, you know, I'm kind of in charge of all our North American prospects and keeping tabs on them and trying to give them the best roadmap to the uh, to the NHL. Um, right now, I'm just on my way to Michigan to see Ken Johnson. They're in the semifinals against Notre Dame tonight. So, you know, during the week, I'm, I'm kind of around the, the, the big team and in the offices and watching video and keeping in touch and building relationships with our with our prospects. So that's kind of the uh, the outlook on the job. So you look at that and you look at all, all this experience you're getting, you're only 37 years old. Is this something that you might use as a stepping stone to maybe one day get into coaching or maybe even a GM role? Can you see yourself in either one of those positions down the road? Yeah. I, I mean, I think anyone that's in the front office wants to grow, uh, you know, into, into bigger positions. Um, uh, you know, I'm not in really any rush in saying that. Uh, I got, you know, a young family and get to spend time with them. But, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying learning all the different positions of the uh, front office. And, and hopefully I can just keep growing uh, within the organization. Rick, thanks so much for your time this morning. More importantly, thanks for um, having time for me during your six years here in New York or whenever I give you a call when I'm working on a book. And congratulations on your number being retired. It's well-deserved and uh, nothing but the best for you going forward unless you're playing the Islanders or the Rangers. Hey, I appreciate it. I love my time in, in New York and respect you guys uh, so much. So you definitely my second uh, favorite team. I appreciate it. Six-time NHL All-Star, current Blue Jackets Director of Player Development, Rick Nash.